Lord have mercy, look at how the time goes. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am, of course, your host, John Allen, the resident American in Norway. Someone help me, please. (laughs) And today, my guest is a fantastic gentleman that I've had the pleasure of knowing for quite a few years. His name is Daniel Eriksson, and he is the boss of Eliko Norway. Hi, Daniel. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, man. I am doing great. I am too blessed for stress. How are you? How are you? (laughs) Good to hear. Yeah. No, it's... it's, um it's a little stressful days for us uh, right now at uh, Lyco since uh, we have just this big uh, turnover in the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody is uh, just, just sitting on the fence and waiting for a message uh, that they can reopen their gyms. Yeah. And of course, there is a lot of, uh, what do you say, uh, nervousness around there because people are getting f- afraid. I would imagine uh, there's you, quite a bit of nervousness. I know for a fact that some people were thinking, oh, things will be shut down for a week or so, and then we'll be right yeah. back at it. But yeah. a week has come and gone several times over. Mm-hmm. That's true. We, uh, in the company, we, we had our conversations as well when this uh, started up. And, uh, and we, you know, we, we guessed six weeks. And we thought we were being, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty tough with the, those six weeks. But we, we were, we were, uh, we were talking to our customers and just sharing our thoughts. And, and six weeks was the was the time frame we we presented. And uh, okay, it seems like it's going to be more than that. So um, because we've just passed six weeks as it is now, right? Yeah, or that's right. Seven that's weeks, right. six weeks. I think it's six. It's six weeks now. uh, It's uh, time flies. And I would say that we're probably, I I don't know, there's, there's different, um, there's different word out on the street, but I would imagine that it's going to probably be close to another month before things are totally back to normal. Gyms open, people are able to train as they will. That would be a safe guess. I think from my side anyway, about a month. Yeah, that that's our uh, our impression as well. Now that the the things that we think now within the company, we we have meetings every day at ten uh, with the sales force, and we are talking to our customers all the time, because we just need to uh, to, to 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 give them these conversations and and uh, and uh, you know just because they they miss somebody to talk to, and and they're sitting in this in this mess, and they uh, a lot of them is feeling all by themselves. So, well, uh, so yeah. what we talk about, you know, within. Uh, with our customers now is that we are prepared for another four weeks. Okay. Yeah. And then, then, you know, the, the, that's the a safe is, bet. That's a safe and realistic uh, way to put it. Absolutely. I, I think so too. And, and, the, but the thing is the problem, uh, is, is actually not now. The problem is after they open, because if they open with half the membership base, that is a problem. What are you hearing out there as far as the different gyms retaining their membership? Now I'm a member at, two different gyms uh and i have not questioned anything as far as my monthly payment going out uh i do that uh in support of the gyms that i'm a member at yeah but i would imagine there are some people out there who are kind of justifiably thinking of their own personal economy and maybe they're canceling their gym memberships are you hearing anything about that well, yeah, um, not not the last week. And the thing is that this changes every week, so so that that makes it difficult. But in the in the first couple of weeks, we 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 were amazed about the numbers we heard that kept paying, uh, and we were amazed about the low numbers of cancellations, and also amazed about the low numbers of uh, of freezes. 
uh, because you can freeze your membership as well, you know. So, right, um, right. So that was that was really positive. Um, you know, of, of, but after a while, you know, you 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 get exhausted by this as as a consumer, and you get afraid on the way. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that also makes you just just think about yourself and and just cut all expenses just to be on the safe side. So, so I, I believe a sentiment in the market will have probably changed the last couple of weeks, and they're, they're getting exhausted uh, uh, with this and. Finally, just to just take all precautions and just think about themselves, and especially, of course, if if you are in the danger zone of, of getting a, a furlong or uh, getting laid off, losing laid your off, job, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, that, that. Of course, you 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 have to t- to think sure. about yourself and your family. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah, I totally understand that. I mm-hmm. I am very fortunate, and I say this daily in my conversations with friends. I, I am very fortunate to be in a situation where my family has not felt any financial um, loss or any financial yeah. strain from this yeah, crisis so far. Yeah. Uh, but I do know that there are quite a few people who are feeling it. And of course, it's the extra things that are going to fall by the wayside. And among those extra things will be gym memberships. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, maybe CrossFit will be the, the, the toughest ones because, you know, CrossFit has a pretty young member base and they have high prices. <laughs> That's true. And, um, That's true. If you're, if you're young, your economy is uh, most often not that developed as um, yeah. as a grown up. Yeah. And uh, and also, you know, it's um, seven, eight, nine hundred crowns a month. I believe it's a short. Which uh, is about seven or eight hundred. No, uh, what would that be? Seventy or eighty dollars a month, and, and that adds up. Yeah. And that yeah. adds up when you're yeah. young and you, you've got a tight budget. Yeah, it I definitely uh, I adds so, up. so we we don't know that we don't have that 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 many uh, uh, customers in the CrossFit base in uh, in Norway. So uh, we don't really know this. This is just you know our assumption based on the typical member and uh, and the price point. For those who don't know, um, you, can, you know I have a varied uh, audience. So there's a lot of different type of people who are listening to this podcast. Uh, Elico is tell tell them what your business does. Elico Norway. Just tell people about it. Yeah, so Elico uh, Norway is a wholly owned subsidiary of Elico Group. Elico Group is a manufacturer of uh, mostly free weight and functional equipment. Yeah, and as you know, John, the bar is what we're famous for. Uh, the good old Elico powerlifting bar, the bar yeah, of well, the International Powerlifting <laughs> Federation. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's true, and and we say that. Uh, uh, that our bar is the is the world's most famous bar. So uh, and it is. It's, it's, defi- nice, uh, it's definitely the most used. I would assume. Yeah, and it's a nice play on words as well. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we got uh, more than a thousand world records with our bars. Wow, and, uh, a thousand world records. Yeah, and and you know we are preferred by the championships uh, a lot because of the quality of the bar, and the way you use the bar in the lifts, especially weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, so, so there are there are more, a larger odds of a world record with an Eleco bars than with other bars. Now you're talking about world records with weightlifting and powerlifting combined. Yeah, that's right. A thousand. Wow. Mm. You know, I <laughs> I've, I've got a new goal now. Uh, uh, I have some American and some Norwegian powerlifting records, but now I need to get among those thousand world records. So there's, there's another goal. (laughs) 
There's yeah, another yeah. goal. I just gave you that. There you go. Thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, <laughs> Daniel, the motivator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, us as a subsidiary, uh, as wholly owned uh, daughter company of Lyco, we, we we sell, of course, a Lyco. That's that's our heart, uh, and we have other brands as well. So we can supply a, a total gym, you know, with cardio, with strength machines, with free weights, functional spin bikes. All that stuff. And, so, that, uh, and that's whether it is a powerlifting club, weightlifting club, a regular gym, a hotel yeah. gym, or a home gym. You've got yeah, it. You've got everything. We're blessed right now because there are some some of our competitors out there that that is really feeling it because they they only sell to gyms. Uh, but we we have a, a lot more spread uh, portfolio of customers. That is probably a big benefit. That I, I never thought about that, but yeah, Alico is kind of spread over the entire spectrum of training equipment, whereas yeah. those more niche areas that are kind of single focused, I bet they're feeling this uh, these financial times a little bit more than you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we are actually pretty pretty large at corporate sales. So uh, so corporations is putting in uh, you know gyms in their facilities for mm-hmm. their employees. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we don't really have a nice presence yet when it comes to home uh, equipment. But you know lately the last four weeks it's it's exploded. Well, because, I know from uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, all, go ahead. All, all all the all the home equipment suppliers is empty. So, so, so people are willing to pay, you know, a premium in order to get the, get the equipment in in house. But of course, we, we we got our natural share of customers that mm. will go for a like or only a like as well. But the interface between the, the 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 end consumer and us has not been great. So that that's uh, that's been launching now. The the probably maybe next probably next week we will launch a really nice platform where you can go in and you know, just uh, pick everything, put it in the basket and pay on 24 months on, 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 on in two different intervals, in six different intervals. Uh, it's going to be a really smooth uh, interface that makes us more available for, uh, for, for, uh, for the end user because a lot of them is actually calling us and asking, do Alaiko sell to to, to, to individuals. Well, uh, I can tell you as a competitive powerlifter, now actually these weeks now with uh, with the virus and the isolation and, and the gyms being closed, I've actually been enjoying myself doing just body weight exercises with uh, TRX. Yeah. And I have an elliptical, an old elliptical machine in my garage. I've just been doing that in the garage, but eventually, and actually rather quickly, I, I'm starting to get that itch to start you know, doing the heavy power lifts again because I don't want to lose the strength and conditioning that I've built up. So that uh, that so that you guys are kind of broadening your um, the, what you offer. You're broadening it to 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 people like myself who want to. You know, we may not have the cash to pay X number of of dollars for a huge amount of equipment that we would need mm. at home, but that if we could pay it off little by little with some sort of down, you know, a down payment program with you guys or something that yeah, yeah. is pretty attractive. I could imagine that all of a sudden quite a few power lifters are going to be getting in contact with you guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, when know, will and, this... and, and, um, and the craving you feel, of course, that, that's who you are, John, you, you're a lifter. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's the end of the scale that you are on, because on the other end is the is the marathon runner, you know. But you yeah. are a, you're a lifter. That that's who you are. Yeah, you need to do it. I have to. I have to do it. You know, I 
I was kind of a latecomer to powerlifting. I, I had been a bodybuilder for, for years. I competed um, actively in the States for a while. Then I moved to Norway, and I kept training as a bodybuilder, but I never competed here in Norway. And it wasn't until 2015 that I went over to powerlifting, and I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, I'm not the kind of person who goes back over the past and wish I wish I did this or I wish I did that. I don't do that. But if I were to be that kind of person, I would say that I wish I started powerlifting a lot sooner than I did because I love it. Yeah. Oh man. But I sure, just but uh, I guess bodybuilding is a nice uh, fundament. Uh, well, nice, well uh, yeah, it gave me the basis to build on. It gave me a good foundation to build up from. And I was always strong. I was yeah. always very strong as a bodybuilder. I was fortunate enough to learn uh, the basics of squatting and deadlift from the great legend Ed Cohen. He's People call him the great legend, and that's what he is, but he's also a friend of mine. Uh, and yeah. I was very fortunate to know him and train with him when I was living in Chicago back in the day. So yeah, that, was yeah. the, that was the start of my powerlifting, even though I didn't know it at the time. Uh, but still, also the knowledge, you know, you, you know a, a part of uh, the, the, the physique. Um, so even though bodybuilding is more focused on, 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 on the appearance, you still got to learn a lot about, uh, yes. about the, phys uh, yes. the, the, the physique as well. And, yes, uh, there's a definite crossover benefit from, yeah. from having that foundation, from having that beginning in bodybuilding. It mm. definitely prepared me for, for powerlifting, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, I've been, you know, I've been watching you and following you, and, and with your injuries and everything, I really, yeah, yeah. I, I really felt that because uh, you know, I know who you are, I know how dedicated you are, and 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 you know, it was kind of you did this a little bit for me as well because I'm 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 45 now, uh -huh. and you know, I never done anything when it comes to strength except training myself. Okay, yeah. uh, and it's so nice to follow somebody who who you know. Uh, is grown grown up like you like you were <laughs> and, and still achieving your goals and you know I was really uh, sad when you got injured as well you have a couple of shoulder injuries injuries right well it's it's just the one shoulder and as of right now I've had eight operations on this shoulder since 2016 oh wow um, long story short I have you know the collarbone uh, the acromium on, on the tip of the collarbone on most people it grows pretty much straight out pretty much mm. horizontal, but on mine, it curves rather severely down yeah. so that if you can imagine all of my shoulder movements up through the years have co consistently been kind of scraping and gnawing away on yeah. my tendons and ligaments in my shoulder so that when I started lifting super heavy as a powerlifter, those tendons and whatnot were already worn down and then the injury mm. started. So- where I am now is, um, I don't know, you, you said it's kind of, it was kind of sad to see the injuries. Okay, it's unfortunate that I had that shoulder injury, but it hasn't stopped me. And in fact, since my shoulder injury, that's when I started setting records, um, Norwegian records, American re records, and continental records uh, oh. for squat. Yeah, okay. That so, is actually uh, after my shoulder injury, yeah. Uh. Well, it's, uh, I, I guess that, that, you know, what you're telling me now makes you normal because I guess it's the lucky ones who don't have anything wrong with them that is able to, to reach the furthest, while most of us have something that will stop us from, from, from coming up to those levels. Well, I'll, I'll change your words a little bit. Most of us have something that can stop us. Yeah. The trick is to have, 
I don't know, how do I put it? I don't want to say I'm, I'm, not, I'm far from better than anyone else, but I am very driven. When I started powerlifting, I started powerlifting, like I said, in 2015, and I started with the intention of being very successful at it. Mm. I knew that I had had it in me, within me, to be a successful powerlifter. So the shoulder injury comes, and right away I start thinking, okay, how can I get around this? Now, mm. if you think of powerlifting, that you have squat, bench, and deadlift, where is the least amount of weight that is lifted in those three lifts? Well, that would be bench. So yeah. the fact that my shoulder is so messed up doesn't have to keep me from having a huge total of the three lifts. Yeah, that's true. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah sure. So, so that has been my focus. I have used zero, zero minutes, zero seconds worrying about my bench. I've used all my time to focus on building my squat and my deadlift. And so far it's yeah. paid off. Yeah. So I, I'm just, good. I'm just crazy like that. I'm just, I'm extremely focused, <laughs> extremely driven. I started powerlifting with a goal and I just don't see this shoulder injury as a reason to, 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 to cause me to change my, out, my, my, my view of what my goal should be within powerlifting. So, so I look at you as successful. Do you? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, I, I told you at the beginning story. of this, I'm too blessed for stress, and I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am incredibly fortunate. Um, I am actually, in these days, putting a lot of focus on writing a manuscript, writing a book, actually, of my experiences, with a focus on my experiences since I've been here in Norway. Oh, cool. I came to Norway in 2002 with nothing except for the life experience that I had. I had yeah. no connections. I came with my wife, who was Norwegian, of course. But yeah. other than that, I had no job connections, no, um, no idea of what I could do for a living. I didn't know the language, um, nothing. Mm. So from that, <clears throat> I have gone from nothing and not having a job to having a series of jobs and having a long period of working for myself, as you know, I had three gyms at one time mm. and to being in this position now where I can focus on my art, you know, I'm doing this podcast with you. I'm a musician, I'm doing stand up, uh, and I'm writing a book. Good mm. God. How fortunate can I get? I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, that I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, su successful. Yeah, I am. You, and I'm you're lucky. also a very, uh, very modern um, uh, employed person because this 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 tendency of having more than one leg to to stand on uh, if you use the Norwegian <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, word for it you know it, yeah. it, it's it's getting usual I, I, and, I, and I actually heard that by 2020 I, I heard it just a couple of years ago by by 2020 um, the, I think it was 50 percent of the American workforce would be self-employed. Yeah, and that means not just a hundred percent self-employed, but maybe partially self-employed. I see. Yeah. So it's the new way of doing things, having maybe three or four different jobs that you move in between in order to get this whole thing to 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 go, uh, uh, you know, together. So you can be yeah. a personal trainer that's like eight hours a week, and then you can be, uh, then you can be uh, working as uh, some night shift in the weekend at at, a, at the Seven Eleven, and then you have another couple of gigs that you do. So. <laughs> That's yeah. a young man's game, but but you're playing it because uh, you are young at heart. I think well, absolutely, <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> I, but but I am actually actually um, I don't know. I look at it as being extremely fortunate to have this little handful of things that I enjoy. I love 
writing music and performing. I mm-hmm. love doing stand-up comedy. I love doing this podcast. And fortunately, the sum of those things is enough to keep me going in my work life. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, oh, it sounds, uh, sounds great. So- sounds like you found, you know, really your place. I, I think so. And my place will be even better if more people buy my music and listen to my podcast. <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> no, so it's all it's all about it's all about taking advantage of the of the opportunities that arise. Mm-hmm. I think people consistently are met with opportunities. The question is, are their eyes open? Are mm-hmm. your eyes open so that you can see the opportunity before you? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and also I think I will de- devote some to smartness as well. You need to be. You have uh, to have a mind for it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's uh, you, in my eyes, you're an adventurer. Uh, yes. You know, and it also. I thought this all the way since since the first time I got to know you, living you know way up in uh, Trums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just uh, just moving and and just hear about your history. You know, it's it's it was really fascinating. I think so. Uh, it it tells a lot about you. How, how so? Now you're going to interview me. Now you're going to take over the podcast. How? How? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a get a handle on those kind of things because I think it's going to help me in my writing process to know how other people have viewed my journey because I'm just on the journey and mm. to have the introspection to analyze it is not an easy thing to do. Absolutely, you so, need other people to do that for you. So when we met. I was a struggling gym owner at that time. And I have to say this, you you worked for a different company at that time. Now you're the boss at uh, Elico Norway. Uh, But at that time you worked for a different company and I bought a pretty big package of gym equipment when I was opening my second gym. I bought that from you guys at that time. And you were very, how do I put this? You were so instrumental in that second gym of mine, getting up off the ground and becoming successful. Uh, You were fantastic at giving me advice. You weren't just a salesperson. You were a consultant. Mm, Thank you for that. And I would imagine you've brought that aspect of your professionalism to Alaiko, Norway. Um, It was just amazing the way you guided me. You gave me tips on what kind of equipment to get, tips on how to run the business, how to get more customers and more members at the gym and whatnot. And not the least, you were very patient with the payment. You gave me a little bit of extra time to pay down that equipment because I was, again, I was a, I was a new gym owner. I was on my own. I was not part of a corporation. I was doing everything myself. So mm-hmm. I just want to tell people about that little part of my story so that they know what kind of person you are. You were extremely yeah. kind-hearted back then. All right, thank you. That's uh, that's good to hear. Like I said just earlier, you ne- you need to hear about yourself, who you are, and yeah. what you're okay from other people. Maybe I should have uh, said that about you being so generous with the payment off of the air, though, because now you're going to get 500 people <laughs> asking you, <laughs> asking no, you for you know, can I have a uh, five-year payment plan on a thousand dollars, please? <laughs> uh, you know, somebody somebody needs that. Uh, somebody else needs advice on how to run their business. You know, not not everybody is asking for the for the down payment but uh, <laughs> no. being a consultant when you you know you know i'm proud of being a salesman i, I think I, I would say that i'm a salesman first and foremost and i'm proud of that because yeah. you, you you need to, you and should I be. to good say that it. yeah thank you uh, you, you you should never confuse uh, a good salesman with a typical salesman 
those ah, are two different things. Interesting. So, uh, a typical salesman is what people um, look at. As typical is the one who's putting his foot in the door. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, or the used, the, the shady used uh, used car salesman. You know that that that's the typical. That, that's yeah. what people think of as a typical salesman but a good salesman is taking care of his customers making his customers more uh, successful well you you definitely took care of me i was talking to my wife the infamous snoopy as i call her i was talking to her the other day about um you know just going kind of going back through my experience of being here in norway and i was talking to her about how instrumental those years as a gym owner were for me as far as molding my drive and molding my character. And again, I could not have had the fun and the success that I had as a gym owner without the advice and the guidance that you gave me at that time. So mm. that, and, and that right there, <clears throat> that right there, uh, told me that you weren't just a, as you say, not just a typical salesperson, you were a consultant and you were a friend. Mm. So Shout out, to hear, shout out to you, Mr. Daniel Erickson. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind words. So you think I'm an explorer. I guess I am in a certain, a certain way an explorer. You know, I went from being a cop in the Chicago yeah. area to being an immigrant in Norway. Now, that is a big journey right there. Yeah, and your roots is in o- Ohio? Roots are in Ohio. I'm a, yeah. uh, from, from out in the countryside in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the, I guess there's some is there some Norwegian heritage in the Ohio? Yeah, there is a town called Nor. No, I'm sorry, that's in Illinois. There's a town called Norway, Illinois. But in uh, Ohio, you know, there's a lot of people named Hansen or Olsen or you know, yeah. if they've got an S E N on the end of their name, there's Norwegian roots there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> No, it's been a, I guess it's been a, a nice journey. And I, I, you know, I also have, you know, been to Chicago a couple of times and heard your stories from it as well. And, uh, and, uh, I think I told you yeah. Chicago is a great town as long as you stay in the well lit areas yeah, yeah, of downtown. No, sh- Chicago <laughs> is a beautiful city though. You, yeah, you were there for a couple of seminars, were you not? I, th- I think I was there three times because yeah. uh, Life Fitness, my former employer, had uh, their uh, head office there. So, uh, Life fitness, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I was I was visiting there a couple of I think three three or four times, and it was uh, it was always fun. So one time, you know, this this trade show that we always went to is in March. Yeah. And I think the last time we were there, we were wearing shorts, ah. and the sun was shining. It was summer in Chicago, and I think the first three times it was just you know wearing your your thick jacket. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was. I've seen a, a couple of uh, two sides of the of the city when it comes to the weather and climate, and you know it's. Um, yeah, Chicago's a little crazy with the weather. Um, yeah. Ohio remember, is. Oh, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just remember my first time there. I was I was there uh, and I, I met with a customer, and and you know I, I hadn't. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I was on my own planning this whole thing. It's the first time I just didn't go along with the company. Uh-huh. So, so I was organizing everything and, 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 you know, I needed to split up the, the hotels because I didn't find vacancy for four nights. Oh, wow. And so I had the first night at the Drake and, uh, that's, that's a really old yeah. uh, hotel. I heard that Al Capone used to be there. I was just going to uh, say Al Capone. It's also supposed to be haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. When I came in, you know, it, 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 I think it's the by even now it's the it's the it's the best hotel I ever been in. Oh, I really? The, I got the suite in the top uh, top story because they did some mistakes that my my room was rented out and I got the the top suite. 
Oh, and, man. Um, wow. I was sitting there with my, with my customers sitting with, you know, floor to ceiling windows, probably three and a half meters high, watching <laughs> Lake Michigan. And, and uh, I think it's Michigan Drive going yeah, outside yeah, there. Yeah. And, uh, Michigan Avenue. And, and, and I, 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 I asked if I could have a coffee mug with a Drake on it. And I, and I, I got it for free. And I, I think I used wow. that as my regular coffee mug for like eight years or something. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so it was just, and the, and the breakfast, we did, like, I think it was three chefs there. So it's a pancake chef and there's an omelet chef and there's some other chef as well. So uh, that, wow. was a, that was a nice, uh, nice. That's a good Chicago memory. Chicago. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to bash Chicago. It's it's a beautiful city. Uh, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot to do, but I guess I have a little bit of a jaded image of Chicago from working in that area as a police officer. It's just like, well, I guess above and beyond that, I'm also used to living out in the countryside. That's how I grew up. So for me, it was a bigger change to move from my hometown in Ohio to Chicago than it was to move from the United States to Norway. Coming to Norway oh. was kind of like coming home in a oh, way. Yeah. As far yeah, as the countryside, the more relaxed atmosphere, uh, yeah. not so many people stacked up on top of each other. You know, that's more in line with what I'm used to. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I guess yeah. the biggest the biggest issue with coming to Norway was was uh, learning the language. Yeah. Uh, but that but went quick. That went very quickly, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking to you the first time. So I, I, I don't think I realized that you were American. Oh, maybe you told me, but still, ah. um, <laughs> I had this image of you. Uh, uh, Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like a, I actually thought of a, 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 a little younger Neil, Neil Young kind of guy. Oh, cool. <laughs> actually, it's, it's strange. But, uh, but, but that, that's when I knew you were American. because, And I think you told me you were from Ohio. And then I just... I just had this uh, automatically. You make some connections in your yeah, brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the the, the calmness and the and the, and the soothing your voice is you know it's very it's, it's really nice and, and calm voice and you know I, that made me make me an expression as well. Ah. So it's, it's really nice how you you kind of make that uh, that that person in your imagination not knowing. Yeah, what you yeah. look like. So when I met you the first time, I was surprised. Yeah, <laughs> because we did talk. We did have a, a, a business connection for quite some time before we actually yeah. met. Yeah, um, what at least a couple of years, maybe three yeah. years, we were talking before we actually met. Yeah, and that was before Facebook. Yeah, that was before Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there was a world before Facebook, children. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We we actually managed well in that world as well. <laughs> But you know what? I have turned Facebook into at, at first it was just kind of weird and, and 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 tiresome because I was seeing how ugly people could be and people throwing pol politics up on Facebook and whatnot and just the fighting and the ugliness. But I rather quickly turned Facebook into a tool first to get in touch with old friends from high school back home. Yeah. And since then I have made, well, there's a period where I also use it to promote my, promote my gyms. And that was a little difficult at times, but yeah. now that I'm no longer a gym owner, now I can put my own content up there almost as an extension of my personality. Mm. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, Facebook and social media in general is something that I use for fun. I use it yeah. to promote what I'm doing as an artist. I use it to share some thoughts. I go out of my way to try and post things that are going to make people smile or laugh. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or feel good in some way. Yeah. That's, uh, that sounds, uh, the, the last part is the same with me. You know, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I, I, I like to keep, uh, optimism there. Of yes. course you, you're stepping into the, and doing some mistakes every now and then, but, but in totally, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a nice way to express who you are by why, what you're sharing. It and, is. You know, some, it, some people is good at it. Some is don't really understand that at all. But I think you need to have somewhat of a marketing mind to understand how you should communicate who you are in the best way. And uh, uh, one thing is I'm looking at things I did maybe eight or seven years ago. You know, you, uh-huh. you get these memories shared. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know how not not that it was horribly wrong, but it it it, it was very off who I see myself as now. Well, um, could yeah. part of, could part of that just be the lack of understanding this that new thing at that time? This whole thing with social media was very new, and you Absolutely. just didn't you know? Because I know for my for my part, uh, like I said, I used to use it to promote my gyms, mm-hmm. and then a lot of my customers, if they weren't satisfied, they would post something to me to my gym on Facebook and yeah. I found myself way too often getting into rants back and forth yeah. with dissatisfied customers. Oh, yeah. So oh, when I horrible. see those things, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's just the worst <laughs> thing I could have done business wise, yeah. not only business wise, <laughs> but it goes on my personality. People are probably thinking John is just some kind of argumentative uh, asshole. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. A, but we live and learn. That was, you know, seven, eight years yeah. ago. We live and learn. Yeah. It's probably, uh, it's not that big of a damage that it might look like, you know, it's, it's how many is reading it? because sometimes we might think that everybody who I have on Facebook will see this, but it's maybe just 2% who will see this. And, uh, uh, one, uh, 5% of those 2% care. Well, you know? but aren't there at times some rather serious consequences? I've heard stories of people, um, not getting hired if they've interviewed for a job they want, and mm. then people do a background check on their social media and they see a post and they're like, oh, we don't want that yeah. person. I think that is, okay, checking someone's social media can be a tool to figure out what kind of a person they are if yeah. you're looking at their most recent posts. Uh, you yeah. know, I'd say go back six months or a year. But again, yeah. if you're looking at something that someone posted 10 years ago, is that a reflection of who they are today? I would uh, say not it's not. I would no, say no, it's not. not. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, they, they if they are bad marketers of themselves as well, you know, the, the things they post don't really represent who they are. That's true. So, so there is there is some error uh, code in there as well that 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 the employers can can go into. Yeah. Because they think that this person is good at marketing themselves, but they're actually not. Yeah. Yeah. I try to be good at marketing myself. I try to have it in the back of my mind. What kind of an image am I presenting when I'm posting something? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's hard. Marketing is hard. You know, it's it's the it's the least concrete thing you can think about. You know, it's it, in in business. You know, how do you how do you measure re- return on investment on marketing? Nobody knows how to do it. They no, that's an impossible pour task. Out and there's hope that yeah. this will work somehow. Yeah, <laughs> we do it ourselves because we're a small company, so yeah. we don't have the resources to have a marketing person. So oh uh, we need to to, to use a, a company that that we are working with, and we have to just trust that they are uh, know what they're doing. How many employees do you have here in Norway? We got six people now. So and what uh, are their job descriptions? What are they What are they doing? So there is uh, I am the country manager, uh, and then we have a office manager. Um, uh, I'm like the CEO, and uh, he Peter is like the CFO. So he's the one who 
uh, likes the financing part and be and the organized guy i'm the creative one Oh, there you so, go. You, uh, you've got the better yeah. job, I think. <laughs> yeah, I did absolutely. So, so uh, the, uh, if you should choose between the two jobs, you will you would definitely pick mine. Oh, I, I give so, all uh, respect. I give all respect to people who can handle the numbers. But oh my gosh, I'm so glad there's other people to do those things and yeah, not. But me. you need both. You need both. Sure. If you sure. have a CFO running a company, you know, uh, when tough times comes, you would just save. While a CEO will will, will spend and yeah, they, they will true. invest and they will take risk. Yeah. So you need you need both to to to, to balance it out. But uh, back to the question, and then we have John, who is uh, who is uh, aftermarket. He's actually a customer experience manager. Uh-huh. So uh, the thing is that his responsibility is to have happy customers. Okay. So after we've done the sale, uh, he is the one who is taking over the torch when it comes to having satisfied customers with the delivery, with the planning, with the, you know the assembly of the equipment, with uh, warranties, with you know. Uh, you know, uh, things that break during, uh, like, uh, transportation and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, uh, so instead of just making him service, you know, his, uh, his uh, consu- uh, customer experience uh, manager. So, uh, that so is an important will, job cause he, yeah, because he he can set the stage for people coming back to you guys for more, uh, for more sales. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's, that's the holy grail. If, if you sure. get satisfied customers, um, you will grow. Yeah. If you if you uh, don't have happy customers, you always need to find new ones. And then you will limit your growth. But if there you can you sell go. back to the old ones and also to the new ones, that, that's how you win. So That's basic business. That's basic yeah. business, but I think a lot of people forget about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And too many, too many companies get too involved with themselves. They, they make it about themselves, and that's wrong. It's about the customers. They're the ones who's paying the bills. They're the ones who's paying the salaries and, 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 uh, and, uh, and making us profitable. Um, yeah. so you need to put your focus on the, on the customer because that's, that's your bread and butter. That's what, that's what Absolutely. makes you live. Um, so, uh, yeah, so back to it. Uh, and then we have, uh, three guys on sales, Matthias, uh, Rune and, uh, and, uh, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Matthias is based in Stavanger and is doing a really great job, uh, to the West side of Norway. And then we have Rune who has, um, yeah, more uh, more Estlona. I don't know how do you how do you uh, say that eastern yeah eastern Norway yeah, yeah. the eastern part and yeah. uh, and uh, you have uh, Thomas who's in the north okay. and uh, I I'm all over the place so uh, so, yeah. uh, yeah. so you guys are a solid little team no more than six people yeah we, and we have you know the the goal for us is is to have what ten million in revenue per person we employ. So we have uh, the goal for this year is 60 million. And uh, yeah. then, you know, we can, and, and, and that's how we measure everything. Because by doing that, we can have uh, um, a nice uh, profit, a uh, uh, responsible, uh, profitable yeah. company, and yeah. at the same time, keep the lowest prices to customers. So That's fantastic. If we, if we go below, uh, you know, it's, it's our bottom line that suffers, uh, not the customers. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, you know, I don't want to say that people should be looking for ways to capitalize on this, this crisis, but then again, you do have a business to run. And when I think about that opportunity for people who aren't part of a gym chain or part of a corporation for just the average power lifter, for example, or the average weightlifter or the average person who needs to continue their training at home because the gyms are closed. Well, here's an opportunity for them with you guys at Alaiko Norway. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, That's a uh, great commercial, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that really defends to pay more for quality is that if you should change your mind mm-hmm. in one or two or three or five years, yeah. you get nicely paid for a Lyco equipment because the gyms are interested in it. The, the, the sure. sports, uh, sports clubs is interested in it. Uh, also, private individuals uh, mm-hmm. is uh, like you uh, yeah, are yeah. interested in paying. But but if if, if you choose like a cheap uh, solution, um, you you will get nothing back in one or two years. You can just throw it in the in the landfill because yeah, nobody's yeah. really interested in paying for it. Yeah, some people may so, not know this, but you can't just buy anything and expect to get a good training experience from it no that that's also true so absolutely that that's that's a, that's a two two uh, two things there so yeah. the rest the value and also the quality of the workout yep. uh, absolutely yep. um, you know Norwegians is, is happy you know it's, it's fond of doing things properly and oh, yeah. it seems like you know, if you're a cyclist you, you gladly play, pay 40 or fifty thousand crowns for a bike oh like yeah five thousand dollars yeah uh, and this shouldn't be a reason to people who is lifting that they shouldn't be interested in paying for quality as well. Well, there's a lot and, of serious. Uh, I don't. I don't know too much about the weightlifting environment in Norway, but the power lifters here are, are quite. You know, on an international stage, they're quite. Uh, I mean, they're they're getting the job done. Yeah. So I'm I'm just imagining that there are quite a few power lifters, and I'm sure weightlifters as well, who are in need of some kind of solution now. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Like like you, they, they are craving as well. They, yeah. they are starting to feel the itch after yeah. a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, this has been and, um, yeah, this has been yeah. cool for me to kind of lay back and rest my joints a little, rest my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, even though uh, um, they're discouraging people from going to hospitals and whatnot if they don't need to, so I'm doing mm-hmm. my physical therapy here at home alone. Oh yeah, yeah. Which has been good. Which has been great. But eventually, I'm gonna want to grab a hold of a powerlifting bar and you know mm-hmm. and, and get back to squat and deadlifting and, and all that stuff again. So. Yeah, we're going to look at it, uh, John. We'll... A uh, little, little, we'll, little private uh, phone call after the podcast, maybe? Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we might do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, um, I, I, I personally think this is... It's so exciting. I, I can't stop myself from thinking this is exciting, even though it's some level is terrifying as well. What happened, you know, and the, and the, and the you know the, the 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 consequences of this on the, on the long term for the economy and everything. It's it's scary. But it, still, it's scary, I, but I think yeah. it's stimulating people to think in a different way and re repri- yeah. and reprioritize. I would yeah, admit, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, as, as a strategist, you know, I, I, they say that in the head office in Sweden that they're laughing at me because I'm always three years in the future. And, uh, and if you're that kind of guy, you can't hold yourself back from being excited about the changes that's going on now. Yeah, because yeah. we're going to emerge from this different. And, that's, and that is so exciting. I always like to tell people if I'm given a little motivational talk or even in just an everyday conversation, if it comes up this thing about motivation, I like to say that I am a man who enjoys a challenge because that challenge is nothing but an opportunity. Some people take the word challenge and they change that word into problem. Mm. I don't think a challenge is a problem. No. A challenge is an opportunity. It's a door that you can walk through and then you will see a new opportunity for growth. Yeah. To a new opportunity to expand your knowledge, to, to, to experience something new, which is going to give you growth. So yeah. these are challenging times. Absolutely. I don't want to minimize anyone's pain or struggle in these days. No. 
but it is a challenge. It is an opportunity to make some new decisions, to change your way of thinking and to grow from it. And that's on a personal level. That's on an individual level. That's on a business level. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, okay, we have this situation. What are we going to do? Here's the challenge. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. Just think about climate change, for instance. You know, it's uh, it's uh, of course. I think Norway has the has the largest um, uh, uh, part of the population being skeptical to uh, to, to climate change and, and don't really believe that much in it. But but still, just just look at what happens when we get these reports yeah. that the pictures over the over the most polluted places in the world is now clear. Yeah. Um, Have you, you seen know, those that, pictures? That, yeah. Pictures yeah, of the that, skyline that, that, in Los Angeles, it, for example. It, it's moving from abstract to be something you can hold on to. Yep. Something you can relate to. And then maybe uh, a lot of uh, the population will, will take a little more of their, of their part of the responsibility. Use a little more uh, product. Uh, recycle more. Uh, walk more often. You know, if you can make uh, this as an opportunity to, to to make a large part of the population see things a little different, then you know everybody wins. The world wins. I agree with you, but here's a question: <clears throat> Do you think that most people in Norway, once this crisis is over, do you think that they're just going to very quickly go back to the normal? and forget about all of this stuff and go right back to the same habits, whether those habits are good or bad. In other words, in other words, sometimes I get the impression that Norwegians forget things very quickly. (laughs) That might be. I think it it depends. It depends on the length of the changes because you need, you need to live in that alternative world for a while in order to adopt the new routines. People are, really strung on you know doing what they're always done changing their minds is hard that that's how people are i think so but now you're forced to think differently and you learn from people around you always also doing things differently and yeah. even the skeptics who, who, who wants to go to sweden to buy cheap tobacco and and voluntarily goes into two weeks of quarantine afterwards even yeah. those people will wake up and, and see that, you know, that was stupid. I, sh- I should play by the rules. I should do, you know, my part of this, uh, of this job that we all need to do. Yeah. And um, so, so I believe that the society as a whole will change. You will always have people who's going straight back to the normal. But if the majority is changing just, you know, 5% in a positive direction, you know, you have created a, a huge change in a short amount of time. So do you think we've been in these crazy new times long enough it's been what six weeks do you think these six weeks are long enough to make a significant majority of people change here in norway Um, or do we need to be in the in a in a state of struggle a little bit longer (laughs) what do you think uh, it's the the question is actually the majority because i i don't believe that the majority is there yet but i believe that we we are uh, converting people every day every hour every minute well i tell you i was yeah i tell you i was disappointed when i saw that on the news just for people who don't know what happened uh people were going across the border to sweden as they normally do in normal times go across the border to buy cheaper alcohol cheaper cigarettes yeah yeah and whatnot and but now the thing is is if you're coming in 
to Norway from any other country, you automatically have to be quarantined for two weeks. So mm. these are people who just didn't give a crap about the suggestion that you hold yourself, you know, that you stay at home and isolate yourself. They got in their mm. cars, they drove to a different country just to get a few dollars off with yeah. some alcohol, and then they willingly will sit for two weeks mm. isolated in their home. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing. That's I think that that you might be on on onto something when it comes to if you can call it like a disease in the Norwegian society, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's dangerous to move into to this. But um, I think that um, I I do not think that the American way of running the society is is, is a good way. Uh, I think you don't take take care enough of people. You know, it's, it's too many people living on the bridges. You know, and even more now soon yeah. because they can't yeah. make their next payment. You know, yep. so. But but still, if if you think that society always will look after for you, uh, that means that also you can do whatever you want because you got somebody who is who is cleaning up after you and 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 uh, and making everything okay. And well, as I've been I've been saying this for many years before the Corona crisis that you know if just theoretically if you live in Oslo in an apartment with only electrical heating. Mm-hmm. And the power goes off in three weeks, you know, for three weeks, and 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 it's minus fifteen degrees Celsius yeah. in Oslo. Yeah. Nobody's coming to get you. It's not like the society or police or whatever is coming to bringing you out and putting you in a, in a safe yeah. place with a fireplace. <laughs> you need to you need to fix that yourself. Yeah, yeah. You need to call some friends or relatives or, or go to a shelter or whatever because the the, the people with you know who are. Um, old and and sick and stuff, they will get picked up, of course. Yeah, they will get help. But but you know, if you're just an average guy living in Oslo, it kind of on you. It's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you. Well, you know, I I don't think we, I don't think we, 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 we are aware enough of that because we're just used to whatever happens to us. We are landing in like a pillow with society taking care of you. And of course, I know that many people who has. Needing to have society take care of, maybe be angry at me right now, but it, well, it's kind of a metaphor and, and, and it, it, it's an example. Uh, well, I have a view. How, uh, yeah, well, I have yeah. a view that's very similar to that. Now, now I think that the Norwegian social system, the social support system, is a fantastic thing, mm. but I do see that it can lead to a certain amount of laziness, a certain amount yeah. of a, a lack of ambition among some people because they know that if they do the minimum they will always be taken care of for the the most part. Yeah. Um, And then you have the other end of the spectrum in the United States where it hurts me to my very soul to see my fellow countrymen in America uh, who, who um, don't have the money to buy insulin if they have a diabetic problem. They don't have the money to buy their asthma medication or their heart medication, blood pressure medication because of, I call it a barbaric healthcare system. Yeah. I think it is, it's, it's absolutely disgusting the way it's better now than it used to be, but that there are people on a certain, within a certain political spectrum who want to make it even more difficult for Americans to get healthcare. Mm. I just, this isn't a political podcast, but I'm a human being and I have, I have a heart that reacts yeah. to what I see. And when yeah. I see Americans struggling, uh, you know, I, I look at, for example, I look at the, um, the unemployment numbers, not now, but before the, the, the crisis, the unemployment numbers in America were great, but 
how many people who are employed have two, three, some of them four jobs just to make ends meet? Is that yeah. a good system? No, no. Oh, it's it's not, uh, it's it's, uh, it's a horrible uh, system. It's it's uh, cruel. It's very cruel. It's heartless. Uh, and it's, it's, and it's barbaric. I call it what it yeah. is. It's barbaric. Yeah. The yeah. way I look at it is if we are all Americans, forget about the Democrat and Republican thing. Mm. If we are all Americans, shouldn't we be looking out for each other? Isn't it a little bit cold hearted and un-American to say, hey, I got what I need. Good mm. luck to you. Why yeah. should I support you? I don't think mm. that that is what America was founded on. I, I just don't believe it. No, but if you go back to, you know, after the Second World War, for instance, just think mm -hmm. about the community feeling that that uh, that you got, that the whole world got. Yeah. Uh, because they needed to, to, to stay together and, and support each other to, to build everything up again. But, you know, as time goes by, you just get kind of spoiled, I think. And you get uh, and, and you and you tend to get very egoistic. Um, well, it's an easy thing to do to just look at you and your immediate area. You know, yeah. your immediate, your, you know, your wife, your kids, uh, your grandparents, you know, that immediate family. I get yeah. that. Of course, your first concern is for them. Yeah. But what is the harm in having a system that is a little bit more inclusive than the one yeah. that we have in the, in the States? You know, I, I, I think the, I think the system here in Norway is, is almost perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, it, it can lead to a little bit of laziness. It can lead to a little bit of a lack of ambition. There are some people who abuse the social system here, but yeah. I think for the most part, people are appreciative of it. And there's a reason why Norwegians are consistently ranked as yeah. some of the happiest people in the world. Yeah, yeah. And just think about it also, because a, a lot of people is at all times, of course, is on welfare uh, on, on some level, you know, unemployment or yeah. social whatever yeah but but don't forget that a lot of people is there for one two three four years and then they're getting back and into then they're getting it. back on their feet yeah, yeah. You, you can't think that you know it's the same people they're sitting there all the time and next year there's even more and more and more you know the the, the first one who got uh the the, the welfare uh thing uh, or money somehow they are back to work now. Yeah. So, so you will always have a certain amount of the population that is in need of that kind of help. Yeah. It could be youth that just don't bother working, but they, they, you know, in the end, they see friends earning more money by having a job, and, and you and you and you sense and you feel that that craving to be a part of something, and 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 then yeah. you just you get into the workforce. Yeah. And uh, and of course, if, if you get unemployed and you have a, a profession that is on the way down, of course, you might struggle for three four years but you're going to work for 40 so three, <laughs> exactly. four years exactly. on some kind of welfare you know it, it's okay there's no um, shame in it as long as you're using that available tool to better your situation and again most people in norway do yeah that's so. that's right so so i believe no, no system is perfect but, no, but no. i think ours is close to perfect i think i think the american system is 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 is, uh, is like you say heartless and then barbaric it's a good and system for people in america who are successful already but if yeah. you're down on your luck and and things are a little bit hard for you it's extremely difficult to make things better for yourself regardless yeah. of how much you work at it yeah it's, it's interesting because you know when it comes to politics i think that most people they they grasp their share of knowledge from their side. So look at America with Democrats and, and Republicans. It's easy. It's two parties, right? Yeah. So 
but 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 I, I don't think too many people know the skeleton of politics, you know, in general, because you have you have on the one side you have like a plan economy, which is uh, communism, you know, yeah. and then on the other side you have clean marketing uh, yeah. or a market capitalism. Economy. Yeah. And, and and the problem on on the right side, if, if, because nobody is on 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 the flanks, they are somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's all about hierarchy because there is flat on the on the communist side and then it's a a really strong hierarchy on the on the on the other side. Yeah. 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 But the, the the discussion is about, you know, what kind of support do we give in the bottom of the hierarchy? That's that's the whole question. And Democrats or left or right side is is on the same system. It's just that one of the sides thinks that they should be given less attention to the bottom, while uh, uh, the other side thinks there should be, should be some more focus on the bottom. Because if you help out the people in the bottom, the people on, uh, uh, on moving upward in the hierarchy will also prevail. And, and exactly. Have, uh, yeah. So, so that it's so interesting to see to get down to the basics. And just see that it's all about the hierarchy. How much government intervention would you like to have in the bottom in order to secure the rest of society from crime, from illness, you know, from from all the costs that is coming as as a consequence of this? Exactly. I would like to see, and and this, again, I'm not trying to get into a Democrat or Republican thing. I'm looking at it as an American thing. If we were to do everything that we could for the weakest people, for the most destitute people in our in our country, the poorest people in our country, if we could lift them up as good as we could, as in the best way we could, as quickly as we could, how does that hurt the nation? It does yeah. nothing but better the nation. Mm. It will cost will probably lower as well. I, I do believe so. Look at yeah. all the money that goes out for healthcare costs for poorer people. Because yeah, the, uh, look at all the crime statistics. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. very rare that you're going to find a rich man running around town as a burglar, or yeah. stealing cars, or yeah, yeah. killing so, people. Yeah, so it's uh, it's yeah. I don't know. To me, it's common sense. It's not politics. It's common sense. So I'm mm. seeing a, a big lack of common sense in the world today, but especially in my country, the United States. And again, yeah. this is, I don't think it has to... I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit from people that are going to try, try and say <laughs> I'm not being patriotic. Well, they can kiss my behind on that. You know, I, I served I served my time in the military proudly as a U.S. Marine. I'm extremely yeah. patriotic and I love my country. And that is why I criticize. I mm. criticize because I care. Yeah. You need voices like yours in order to change the system. It's just the more the merrier. So uh, so uh, it's, it's okay to be patriotic and critical at the same time. Uh, it's almost like it's hand in hand. I, I do believe so. Uh, a true patriot is going to want his country, his or her country, to be as good as it can be. And that means yeah. that they're going to point out the things that aren't working as good as they can. Mm-hmm. I tell you, what, what a, a, a bigger challenge for me is being an immigrant in Norway and voicing my opinion on what I think of <laughs> the social and political situation in Norway. Yeah. Sometimes I hold a little bit back because I'm thinking, ah, do I have a right to say this? I, mean, I do have a right <laughs> to say what I want to say. But it, you, you understand, it's it's a it's a difficult position sometimes being an immigrant here oh, to, yeah. to, to to voice my to voice my opinion in critical ways about the Norwegian society. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's if if it's a workplace or if it's a society in general, you need uh, 
you need the people who dare to challenge the status quo in order to to just point out the things that needs to be changed. And the thing is, you don't need to change it right away, but it's just important that somebody is speaking up about things that they need to be changed. Well, and the dialogue enough, is important. The, the yeah, discussion is important. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, totally with you there. So uh, I, uh, I, I'm also a pain in the ass for some people <laughs> because I dare to say that, that it's something wrong with the system. Uh, are, so, are you vocal? Uh, are you vocal about that? Yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I'm a pretty. I have to watch myself because I'm, I'm mm. pretty direct. Um, and you know, some cultures and some people they they can't handle that. Uh, and yeah. you know. So some some people would think I'm rude because uh, because I'm direct, but uh, yeah. it's 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 nothing about being rude in in my opinion at least. And you know, I went to I went to Taiwan to visit a supplier, a, a manufacturer of cardio equipment that we that we sell equipment for, uh-huh. and that was interesting because you know I, I, our introduction um, to Taiwan was that. Uh, we had a Russian girl who who was working there because there is some uh, some uh, yeah, a lot of uh, people going to you know China or uh, or, yeah. or Taiwan from from Russia to to work and stuff. Yeah. And she told me that that the things she thought was hard with Taiwan is that you can't say things directly. Uh-huh. You need to move around and around and around and be so careful yeah. to step on somebody's toes. So she Don't almost, offend. Almost went, went crazy, you know. Yeah. And you know. And I thought I'm more direct than her, so I'm starting, you know, biting my nails. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, bit my tongue quite a few times in order to just—I can imagine—play <laughs> with the rules. So, so it's. Um, I guess I'm vocal, and and I, I guess I'm. Uh, I, I dare to 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 raise critical questions, and fortunately, my management team in Sweden really appreciates it. They understand the value of that. Well, I would think that that's a good quality. You know, anybody who's close-minded to an opposing position, all they're doing is hurting themselves because you can feel as justified in your opinion as you want, but you're Mm -hmm. a fool if you don't listen to the other side because there may be something there. Yeah. And of course, it's also important for those managers who have people who are very direct to understand at least it's it's for me, it's really important to understand, to tell my managers, you know, I'm doing what you and I, uh, or, or what, what, I'm following the rules, but yeah. I'd like to challenge yeah. you on, on A, B, and C. But if that's you just don't healthy. agree with that, you know, that that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that makes them feel like, okay, I will take this seriously. I can be honest about not doing what Daniel wants because I don't agree. Uh, they don't need to be afraid of me, you know, uh, not doing my ju- job properly because uh, they decided something I don't agree upon. And the, the natural uh, thing with this as well is that if, if, if you are opposed to many things on how your employer would like to do things, you should find a different job. Ah, you know, okay. So it is, it, it is, it, it, you know, if, if, if you can't get past your disagreement with how things are run. Yeah. I think that the, the right thing, the responsible thing for you as an employed person is to find another job. And there's nothing wrong with that. That that's that's kind of a a right that people have. You have the right to change jobs. That's true. You have the right yeah. to resign if you like. You know, that, that's yeah. one of the 
perks of just being employed. Yeah, if you're an owner, true. if you're a part owner, you 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 have to stick around until the end of time. Well, as, as an as an owner, you know, hearing someone who has an opposing opinion is just healthy for that owner to hear them yeah. out, and maybe they'll find that that person is a bigger resource than they thought because maybe they'll mm. come with a good idea, or at least yeah, that they'll yeah. stimulate to some some more thought at the management level. But mm. then again, as you say, as an employee, as someone who has the job, I would imagine that if someone goes around months at a time, maybe years at a time, and they see things that they disagree with, but they never voice it, that has to be frustrating. Yeah, it's, that's not healthy. And, it's not healthy. And, 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 you know, it's cowardly, I think, for, from the, employ uh, the employee as well, that they don't take responsibility for themselves and find something else to do. Well, there's another thing to just to compare uh, Norway between the... To, to compare Norway and the United States here in Norway, there's a lot of workers rights. You know, we have some very strong yeah. unions that yeah. protect the workers rights. And that is a fantastic thing. There's yeah. a lot of jobs in the States. You know, if you raise your voice in any kind of opposition, you're gone. You yeah. will be fired. And that <laughs> is, I guess I never thought about that that much when I was in the States, but I see no. the difference now. And it, it just, this sounds like an episode where I'm just bashing the United States. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sorry about that. No, 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 I'm not doing it. It's just, it's just by, 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 by chance that we're on some yeah. subjects where Norway does come out a little bit better than the yeah. States. But I, I, tell, I enjoy the workers' rights here yeah. in Norway. It's just, uh, to me, it's the way it should be. It's a health, it, 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 it has made a more healthy relationship between employer and employee. Yeah, I think so. And I think that if anything should be changed, I would say that employed people should be more professional employees. And that's what you are if you resign, if you don't like what your employer is doing. If you don't like the company you work for, be a responsible employee and resign. Find I agree with job. you, but I don't yeah. think most people have that kind of confidence. No, but th that's what I'm saying. That, that if something should change, it should be that, should that, be that workers yeah. should be more more aware of their own responsibility for themselves, not at least for themselves, because you 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 don't have a, a you don't you don't have a nice life if you hate your job. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah. um, trying to but, think back through the years of my employment, I don't think I've ever had a single job that I did not enjoy. There's another aspect of my life where I've been very fortunate, and I'm doing some some writing about that for my for my book that's coming out, is I've been very fortunate with my jobs. I have never once that I can think of had a job that I did not enjoy. That that's partially because of you. You know, you you, you take you took responsibility for it to, for yourself. And, and got the jobs that you that you like. So it's half, That's half true, of yeah. you, and and the other half uh, is uh, you know maybe luck. Of course, luck is part of it always. Sure, but, meeting uh, the right people, but, being in the right pl right yeah. place in the right time. There is something to be said for that, absolutely. Yeah. But but I would like to say that when I've been to the states, you know, service is such a, it's it's such a nice experience because you know the waiters and everybody who is who is in the service profession that I met you know is yeah. so professional. It's so nice yeah. to you're so comf comfortable and relaxed around Americans because they are so professional. I yeah. think they are uh, really a professional workers uh, or employees. And yeah. and you know if you go to 
to Norway, you know, I always expect <laughs> at least one thing going wrong, at least <laughs> when you when you go to a restaurant. And you know, well, I I, I have adapted. I don't ask for special things. I, I I want number four and for starters, and number twelve for <laughs> for main, and that's that's medium. And then we'll take desserts. It's easy. I make it easy. I, I well, so, but, but yeah. No, I was <laughs> going to say that there's something finally that I can I can talk about something where America is better than Norway, and you're 100 percent right. The service yeah. industry, <laughs> everything from a waiter or a waitress to an employee working at the cash register at a store or someplace, yeah. all or of that gym. stuff at a yeah, all of that yeah. stuff is a much better experience in America. The, the, yeah. Some of those people just seem so cold hearted. In Norway, yeah. they just—they're yeah. not interested in whether or not the customer is enjoying themselves. No, no, they—they they don't care. So, uh, but I, I know that uh, a lot of uh, there's a lot of Swedes <laughs> working in the service industry in Norway. And I, I, my experience is also that Swedes is has, has a different approach to to, to the service. Uh, they do a lot yeah. of people back in the states. They want to clump all the Scandinavian countries together as one yeah. unit. That yeah. is very, very uh, different from the reality. I think yeah. Swedes and Norwegians are two totally different groups of people. Totally yeah. different. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then I again, no, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, th I think that's part of the success of uh, Elaiko, the, the branch in Norway, is that they just said, do it the Norwegian way. Uh, we oh. don't care. Uh, we care, but we won't interfere. We won't just say, this is how we are successful in Sweden. Do that in Norway and you will have a success. And we see other companies doing that, just I copying. See. And you see that they fail. So so uh, you have to, just, just north to south. You live in Drammen now, right? Yeah. 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 And you and you live up uh, in, in Troms. And, and before know, that, even further north up in Finnmark. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so the, the difference between the northern part and it's the southern big. part is, is big as well. So you need yeah. to be humble towards the fact that the, the differences is is not uh, marginal. It, it, it's large differences just within the, the same country. Well, in a business aspect, I think that it is a incredible advantage if you are a business owner or a, or a business manager and your mind is open to the differences in the different regions within Norway yeah. because they are drastically different. And you can yeah. do business in a way up north that you cannot do down south and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I, how, how often are you on the telephone or in conference calls with the people in Sweden? How, how close is that? You know, they kind of cut you loose and let you do your own thing, but I would imagine there's still a certain amount of coordination with them or yeah it's uh you know it's, it's the state of the company and you know new products coming in and you know the the strategic things that is uh you know moving across uh across borders um yeah. we, we we meet so before the the the, the crisis we're in now you know it's uh, we i think i was down there like one one and a half times a month, oh, okay. uh, just to just to meet face to face and uh, to catch up and uh, and uh, the, you know it's it's not too much reporting. You know we we are responsible for ourselves. It, it, yeah, you're your and, own separate economic unit. Yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. I, I, even even though I'm 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 the country manager, I still yeah I think sixty percent of my time is sales. Right, yeah. I see. So that means that the time we are spending reporting and 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 you know back and forth to Sweden is is really 
okay. marginal, and yeah. and yeah. and the, 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 the wrong thing to do there is to make uh, to, 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 to 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 demand that that they have full insight in everything, because that will take half a year's work yeah. uh, work in Sweden, yeah. and, and and it will kill my time doing sales as well. Yep. So, so so you're a working uh, manager. You're not just sitting behind a desk. You're out there. No, no, you're no. doing sales. You're having yeah. contact with the customers. Yeah. Yeah. And also Peter, who the, the office manager, he has half the time is the office manager, and the other half of the time he's dealing with our partners, the other brands that we sell uh, uh-huh. in addition to Leica. So he also has just half a position doing the office management thing, and I have uh, my maybe forty percent of my position is the management part of the of the, of the company. Now, who's so, responsible? Um, who is responsible for making the organizational structure at Alico Norway? Is that you, or was did yeah. you, did, okay? So that's you, me, together with my my manager in Sweden. So yeah. uh, I report uh, to to my manager in Sweden, and and we are discussing these things together. And I think that. Over the, you know, I started in December 2015. That was only me, uh-huh. and now we are six people. That. We have an explosive uh, growth, and yeah. you know, I, I think that 19 out of 20 things I'm asking for, I got. Okay. Because you know there is nice. trust, and and they they feel like I need to to be responsible. If they if they don't make me responsible, I won't take responsibility. I will just do what I'm told, and and you know, uh, yeah. probably not to last too long in in that job. But uh, since they are happy with the progress that we have they totally accept our failures as well because of course we are failing sometimes uh, well and, failure uh, failure is also a part of growth and i think that applies yeah. on a personal level uh, uh, yeah. or in a in a business uh, yeah. uh context so i need to to take responsibility and and uh, that that makes them also patient with me because they know that okay everything that you try that is different is a chance of failure and but in the total you know we are very successful so um so you know uh, the things that usually and often happens in in large organizations is that you have two focuses one is to look good in your job and two not to um, what do you, mm. how do you say it nicely? Not to screw it, screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to, yeah. Because if, if you look bad in a company, you get fired. Yeah. If you look good, that that will maybe give you a promotion. But doing something that is risking you looking bad, you will not do it. Yeah. And then you have no innovation in the company. Everybody's just just uh, just looking after. Too their scared own to try. Yeah. 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 And uh, and uh, we are very fortunate that that this organization has failed a lot, and and uh, and th- that's why we have advanced as fast as we have done as well, because we have um, let ourselves uh, try things and and fail. Fail uh, failure is good. Again, failure is a sign of growth. It's uh, super important because and, it, within uh, that failure is a, is a lesson learned. Yeah, you know when they tell stories about the old days and they're like, I really, you know, I'm I'm laughing so hard because <laughs> it's such strange decisions that we made. Uh-huh. And, but but still, you know, when you were there, it was a good decision. And sure. and, and 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 you know who is better to make the decision than the person with all the information? There so you go. even yeah. the, the person on the top can make a wrong decision, but it's still the right decision because nobody else has the competence to make a decision. Yeah. So uh, if, if you let yourself or organization fail, you, you are also telling your employees that it's, it's okay to come with ideas. It, it's okay to, to try new things because it, it's not a risk for your job if you fail. Yeah. 
Uh, so, uh, um, it sounds like you've just got the perfect work environment. Well, of course, you're responsible for that. You're the boss, but but above and beyond your 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 unit in Norway, just just to have that that brotherhood with the people in Sweden, it yeah. just sounds so beneficial. Yeah, but still, we want to beat them. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> it's the competition. Of you know, course, it, beat it, those it, Swedes. It, it's a dream, you know. <laughs> For now, we are selling. I think I think we are winning. If you look at the revenue compared to the number of people living in Norway, and you do the same in, in the, the awesome. sales in Sweden. Awesome. Uh, but but that that's that's a constant competition, and I, and I tell them that, and they you know they they like that uh, that we have a competitive uh, uh, mindset towards uh, towards each other. So, I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you are not just a numbers guy. You know, you're not just preoccupied with with uh, we got to make this money. We got to make this money. It looks like you have your eyes open for opportunities to develop yourself as a person and learn yeah. some lessons in this in this process. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I crave it, that. I crave some kind of development and to to learn more. Uh, I've always been like that, you know. Even you know, just an example, doing spin classes a lot of the time when I was a lot younger. I I preferred the instructor who taught us something about training while doing the workout. Yeah. The ones who just uh, had like a party uh, party <laughs> uh, factor, you know, it, yeah. it, it, was, it was okay. But but I I, I I made sure to go to the session with the tra- with the with the instructors that that you know just I just see. maybe just a couple of small things during the workout that was yeah. information that I was interested in since I was a training guy. Yeah, you know, so yeah. uh, so it's it's been like that uh, always. That, have, and I also felt that a couple of times when I've been to you know courses like management courses, sales management courses, motivational core courses, sales courses before before I was a manager as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it tends to to, to be a couple uh, some years in between. But when I'm in those settings, I just uh, I'm almost getting reborn. You know, it, it's such a great go. feeling to sit there and meet other people, meet trainers who. Or, or or teachers that really know their stuff, you know. It's um, that's awesome. Yeah, but well, I think it's it's all about, like I said earlier, having your eyes open for that opportunity for growth. Mm. Um, you know, as a powerlifter, I'm trying to do that growth thing, both physically but also <laughs> mentally, and and yeah, men- yeah. mentally much more than physically. The the physical, yeah. you can just be a meathead and go in the gym and train. And you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get some growth, but where is you know, that mental challenge? You know. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because when you're saying that I'm on the right spot, in the right place, you know, I, I, if you look at our values in the like, you know, it's it's uh, it's performance, kindness, learning, um, and you know, it's so strong values to have, and it's bold as well. Who has kindness as a value, as a core value of the company? We've had that for like. I think twenty years or something. What is it? performance, kindness, and uh, learning? Learning. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, wow, uh, you know that that says a lot right there about the company. You're right, kindness. Yeah. Who's yeah. thinking about that? You know. Yeah, it's it's getting really popular now. Kindness yeah. is the new thing that you need to care about your customers. But you know, it's not been like that before recently. Uh, but 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 we've had this for for you know I don't know how long because I wasn't there when those values was written down, but. I believe uh, at least for the last uh, 10 or 15 years, you know, that's been that's been uh, a core value. And um, uh, Eric, uh, who is the, uh, the CEO now, uh, you know, this is a family company. 
uh-huh. family-owned company, and mm-hmm. uh, and Eric's father Lennart uh, was the one who's uh, who's, uh, who's uh, started the, the real journey with with the Leica and, and make it. Uh, okay. Uh, and and you know it was always the human aspect that was at the core yeah. of Lennart's uh, values. And when you were a small company like Leica was before. You know the values of the owner is the values of the company. You have oh, absolutely. no choice. Yeah. Absolutely, you, you can't get around that because so much is involved in you as the owner uh, that 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 you know. I don't think you have a chance of establishing different values than your own when you're small. No, and you know the, 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 these values have just been uh, been. Uh, been uh, transferred uh, over the years uh, to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to the family uh, after they took over running the business. I see. So uh, yeah. it's uh, it's it's a great place uh, to work. And and you know, as, as I said earlier, a good salesman cares about their customers and makes their customers successful. And you know, if you have kindness as part of your values, that's an easy thing to do. If money is all uh, all that matters, you know, making money on the sale for yourself, then it's hard to be nice with a customer because you don't have support from the company you work for. I always take guidance from my grandmother. Um, may she rest in peace. She always used to tell me, money will not buy you happiness, but it will pay for the search. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a little bit of realism in there, but above and beyond that, she always was such a kind-hearted person. And she always told me that kindness will win the day. Now, that is not to say that kindness will make things easy for you. <laughs> no, 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 but it will win the day. And, that, and to hear you talk about having kindness incorporated as a part of your company's motto, that's a very that's that's different. There's not a lot of companies who are that focused on kindness. No, and that, it's not. Yeah, interesting. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. So Elico is more than just a, a powerlifting bar to sweat on. Yeah, <laughs> Elico. Yeah, it's, 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 you guys uh, have some core values that people can relate to. Yeah, and it, and you know it's it's also about strength. But just 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 think about that word. Uh, how how wide isn't the definition of strong? You can be mentally strong, you can be physically strong, you can be strong in a crisis, you can be strong for your family. Yeah. You know, just and and that you, you, we are focusing on the wide, the broad uh, meaning of the word strength. Yeah. Uh, so and, and you know what strength will do to you and your life. You know, yeah. So. It's important to, to, to zoom out and see the bigger perspective, not just being strong in, in deadlifts or, or squats. Well, strength is a concept that I think more people should explore and try and get beyond the narrow definition, you know, mm. as in how much can you bench or how much can you yeah. squat. Strength is yeah. a concept that can be applied to so many different aspects mm. of life. I see, uh, for me anyway, there is more of a focus on that mental strength, that yep. uh, emotional strength than there is in the physical strength. As strong as I am as a powerlifter, I've put more time into training that other aspect of strength that applies to mm. the mental uh, and the spiritual. Yeah. yeah. And what does it do to you to be strong physically? Because I think that makes you uh, a different person uh, otherwise as well. Well, if I think you are strong in the in the core, in the foundation, I believe that you, maybe you are a little more calm. Maybe you are a little more self-confident, you know, in, in other parts of life as well. Well, I'm definitely more confident walking in downtown Drammen at midnight being yeah, strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, my physical strength, you know, 
underneath what people see, there is years of planning and years of discipline, years of success and, and failures. There's a sum of all of those parts that lead to the physical strength that I have. So there is a story behind all that, that is above and beyond how many reps I've done and how many kilos I've lifted. I try to apply those lessons that I learned through the discipline, you know, that I have to have in order to work out and train and have success. I try to apply that in my everyday life. I guess that goes back to, that goes back to my days, um, as a Marine, Mm. you know, I can go all the way back to the first days of boot camp, where. Is, is that that responsibility? If you do this, then that will happen. If mm. you do that, then this will happen. And when you have an awareness of that, it kind of guides you to walk that path that brings a consistent um, stream of self improvement and self awareness, mm. which then puts you in a better position to do for others. Yeah. So that's I try. I, I try to. I try to. That, that's the way I. You know. Sh- to, to say it shortly, that's kind of how I try to live my life. Get as strong and secure as I can, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually, emotionally, so that I can be in a better position to do for others. First and yeah. foremost, for my family, but above and beyond that, you know, anybody else that I would happen to come into contact with in my day-to-day life. Mm. Sounds wow. corny, but that's how I live my life. Yeah. And I think that people who is doing the same will relate to that very easily. I think so. Mm. I think so. Yeah. So, wow. What a conversation. This is, you know, when people see, when I post this, I'm going to be writing that I'm speaking to the head of Aleiko Norway and people are probably going to assume, oh, they're just talking about powerlifting and and weightlifting and stuff. Um, Yeah, we talked about that, but I think we've talked about a lot more than that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I like the concept of your of your podcast. You know, it's the natural conversation is uh, I uh, I always like that. And uh, well, as I told you, thank you. You know, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to, for instance, like I told you, going fishing, I will uh, gladly join, but I don't bother to fish. Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I I like to talk to people and and be social. You know, that that's the thing that I like about the fishing trip, not not the, the fishing itself. Well, what we need to do, one of these days, both of us are going to have the time and we don't need a lot of time. If we could, if we had just three or four days and we fly up to Alta up in Northern Norway, and then from there we take the ferry out to Sailand and on Sailand is our farm. And we go up there and we just turn the clock upside down and nighttime will be our daytime. We go out at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. on the boat and we fish until like six, six thirty in the morning. Yeah. And we come back, clean the fish bedtime. Yeah. That right there is my idea of fishing. Now there's a lot of people that like to do the river, you know, river or lake or something like that. Freshwater fishing. I like to yeah. be out in the ocean up North off of the shore where our farm is up on Ceylon. Yeah. Yeah. Never tried, uh, never been that far north. Uh, oh, you got to do it. Oh. Uh, I've been to Tromsø and just experienced the midnight sun, and it's you know it's strange. But still, it's, you know, just talking about experiences, you know, so many people is thinking that an experience needs to be expensive, you need to go far away, you need to to, to be in a place where where everything is different. You you can go to the north of Norway and, and you get all that. Yeah, I tell you, you know, you, you, you <laughs> if you time it right, you know, it's uh, it's uh, a couple thousand kroners, about two hundred bucks. And you fl- you fly up there, and then it costs maybe another fifty bucks to take the ferry out there. Mm. And other than that, there's no expenses. Yeah, 
Just imagine how, having a three-day weekend up there doing that. Oh yeah. How, yeah. How, how, how long would it, I'm just curious, how, lo- how long time would it take to drive up there from Germany? Ah, um, this was back in, I believe it was like 2007 or eight after we had moved up north. My wife bought a car uh, and that car was bought online and the car yeah. was down here in Drummond and we were living up in, up in, um, up in, uh, were we in Finnmark or were we in Nordrums? I do believe we were living in Finnmark at that time. So even further north and no, I'm sorry. We were living in, we were, we were living in Nordrums. Yeah. So I volunteered because I love driving. So I volunteered to get that car back up here. I took a plane down and I drove that car back and I did it in 22 and a half hours of total wow. driving time. I stopped about halfway up the country uh, in yeah. Muirana, for those who, yeah. who know where that is. I stopped there and slept for about five hours, got back in the car and kept driving. Driving time total about 22 and a half hours. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and, and I drove through Norway. A lot of people swing off and drive through Sweden. Yeah. I don't recommend that. I've done that drive through Sweden several times. And to me, it's a little bit scary because the roads are more, at least in that stretch of Sweden, the roads are more isolated and yeah. there's so many more reindeer up there. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. I, and I just, uh, no, I, I, I won't do that. I prefer no. to drive through Norway. Yeah. 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 Sounds, uh, sounds like an experience as well. I, we've been talking about, me and my girlfriend have been talking about this for, Four years, I think, to get to, to just uh, go up north and have uh, have a vacation here in Norway, and I think that might materialize now uh, this year. And I don't know how far up we will go, but at least you know Lofoten and and uh, and around there. But uh, yeah. you guys are welcome up there if you really if you want a real northern Norway experience with the isolation and whatnot. Then then uh, yeah, just swing by here in Drummond and get the keys and go on up to our place up there on Silent. I tell you, it's yeah, be- beautiful so- up there. So, so you still own that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that is the um, that is the the home, not the birthplace of my father-in-law, my wife's oh. uh, father. He was born um, kind of like around the corner on Silent mm. in a different fjord. But uh, after that, his family moved to the place that we have there on Silent, mm. and uh, he ran the farm up there. And uh, then he gave it to my wife. I believe she got it in 1998. And she built the new house up there that we have and everything. So that's been in her family since uh, her father was a, was a baby. Mm. So we will always keep that, that, that we will never get rid of. My, my great grandchildren will walk the earth up there. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yes. It's, uh, it's a nice thought. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we kind of joke, uh, we kind of joke from time to time. I am the first and only black man to ever have set foot up there. I told him they should, <laughs> I told him they should build a statue of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Did did you see so. did you see the Facebook post I did about a week ago of me uh bathing naked in the river? Did you see that picture? No, I didn't do Oh that. man, I'm going to send you that. I um <laughs> there's a river that goes through our property up there and one year I was up there doing just being silly and I I bathed in the river. And my oh, wow. wife snapped a picture of that. And some people who live in the village up there saw that picture. And the joke is, is that no one has ever drank water from that river ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> so so how, how cold is it in, in the middle of summer? You know, how, how cold is the water? Well, uh, it's, it, it's so cold, it hurts. 
yeah, because it's yeah. coming from it's coming from a um, a, a glacier up on the mountain mm. behind our house. Yeah. So it's pure glacier water, just as cold as it could be. Uh, and the, you know, the air temperature could be, you know, 25 degrees, you know, fair, uh, Celsius, which is about 80 degrees Fahrenheit. But that water regardless is yeah. cold as can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but so it, there's, but there's something healthy about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it just feel good. Once? I'm sorry. Say again. Did you do that once? Oh, what? no, I've bathed in that river wow, several times. Oh, you did. Yeah. Cool. Every time we go up there, I, I, I got to jump in that river. Yeah. So, so you go up there every summer then for, uh, for your uh, vacation? No, unfortunately. All of those years, I owned that gym, uh, the gyms I had. And this was from like 2007 until we sold everything and moved south in 2014. In those seven years, I think I was up there only twice. Okay. But my wife and kids, they go pretty much every summer. Now it's been a year or two since since we've been up there. But uh, mm. now that I'm not, you know, bound to those to those three gyms where I was working, you know, day in and day out. Now we have a lot more freedom to to do the regular vacation thing. So yeah, that's where I, that's where we're going to retire eventually. Yeah, when the time comes to retire, I want to live up there and. You, you don't need anything up there except uh, some good fishing equipment and grow some potatoes in the ground and you'll be just fine. <laughs> well, I might take you up on the offer. I will, uh, yeah. I will, uh, I will look into that because, uh, you know, I think we are doomed to have a vacation in Norway this year anyways. So, uh, yeah, we were supposed why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not go up there? I tell you, yeah. well, you're, you're, well, you're very welcome up there. You can borrow the keys and, and have at it. <laughs> um, we were going to go uh, home to the States here in June at some point. I can't remember the date, but that's probably going to be canceled. Yeah. So uh, how long since you've been in the States now, John? Um, I was there last spring. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was ru- too, roughly, too roughly a year ago. I believe it was last April that I was there. Okay. Yeah. I um I remember that uh, when we uh, worked together regarding your gyms, yeah. uh, I I uh, I tried to push you to to, to go to go home. You uh, did. Then, then I think it's been a, then at that time it was a long time since you've been there. You did push me to go there. The last time I had been there was 2005 when yeah. our daughter was born. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, you know, around 2007, 8, 9, in those years, yeah, it had been five, six years since I had been there. See, mm-hmm. what, what people have to understand, I, I, I totally enjoyed that whole process of owning the gyms, of struggling to get it. You know, I, I, I started that, those gyms with, with my own money, and I was not a wealthy man. Okay. I started with basically just my savings and, and, and using, uh, used equipment, um, not brand new equipment and things like that. And I built those gyms from the ground up. So it involved a lot of work and it was in 2014 that things were finally starting to run of their own accord that I kind of realized, good gosh, I'm tired. Mm. I was physically and mentally just burnt out, even though I was having a lot of fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that challenge. I enjoyed doing those, those, uh, uh, running those gyms and owning them. But, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It just got to be so much work. I was, I was starting to miss my children growing up. 
Um, our, our daughter was born in 2005. Our son was born in 2007. So those yeah. were in their formative years, you know, when they're three, four, five years old. And I was starting to see that I was missing that. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about work days from, you know, before the sun came up until long after the sun went down. And in yeah. northern Norway, the sun doesn't go down in the summer, so that yeah. tells you how Not much I was working. <laughs> oh, that's, that takes a, that takes a toll. It's uh, it's yeah. uh, important to not uh, lose uh, lose view of the important stuff, which is but I'm, uh, yeah. especially the kids. But I'm very proud of the work that I did, and that we were able to to sell those uh, gyms. Um, well, the one gym in Tromsø I gave back. That was a bad business deal. <laughs> but the yeah, gym, yeah. but the gym in Nuudaisa um, and the other one on Sharve, uh, I was able to sell them, and they're still being run to this day. So that is oh. something I'm very proud of. There That's were good. there there was no gym on Sharve. I was the one that started the training environment on yeah. Sharve. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that, and and, yeah. and it's just a beautiful thing to see that those gyms are still going strong. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, uh, that means that you did uh, the right move, and you you made uh, the choices you made were right. Yeah. Again, I had to sacrifice a lot of time with my family, and uh, what's interesting is that in those years I was running those gyms uh, and owning those gyms, I did not train at all. That is the mm -hmm. worst shape I've ever been in my life because I just didn't make the time for it. Every no. bit of my time went towards the business side of running those gyms. Mm. So um, yeah, well, it's a it's a high price to pay, but I think it's it's yeah. pretty usual when you when you start your own business. You know, yeah. it's, it's just you, you all hands on deck for uh, at least. Uh, I'm telling my customers that you you should you should look forward to a nice vacation uh, with your family in two years. Before well, that, you need to be ready to just do what it takes to to, to get this thing off the ground. I went about and, seven uh, years with no vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So, so, but it's, it's different yeah. from from. Uh, but, but, but it, it is it is you know it's mentally. I think it, it's it's good to think that you know what I was saying is a it's a nice vacation. And if you yeah. get people who you know there is a risk that they will burn themselves out. But if they have some kind of thing that they decide in two years, I'm going to do this or that with my family or with my wife or whatever, that that, that kind of keeps you going because you yeah. have this 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 reward. Yeah. Uh, and then of course maybe two two weeks of really nice vacation, and then you are ready for for uh, the, the, the the long hours, a couple of more years, and then you can start to have like a normal work yeah. uh, day after that maybe. Yeah, yeah. You have to set those concrete goals, and within that goal setting, you have to have some sort of a payout. You yeah. know, like you say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard for two years, but in two years we're gonna take a two month vacation in the states. Mm. You know, some something like that. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, it turned out to be seven years <laughs> of hard yeah, work, yeah, yeah. but I do not regret it. Uh, quite the opposite. That yeah. was a period of time where I really found out what I was capable of doing, what I was able mm. to create. Um, it's just a, it's it's a, it's just another tool that's in that little invisible backpack that I carry yeah. around. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And again, I thank you for your time, your time that you use with consult cons consulting me and. And uh, yeah, you were instrumental in those in those years. I don't think I've ever oh. told you that, but that is the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's really nice to, to to hear that. You know, you do, you don't get those kinds of feedbacks that often. Not because my customers don't like me afterwards, because I promised too much or something. But it's just 
they're just getting so busy with their own thing. So, so, so measuring your uh, your uh, your own success is is, is hard. It is. Um, it is. If, if you're only going to sit by yourself and think, you know, how 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 good I, am I at doing this? What is my potential? How should I improve? It's hard to do that all by yourself. So, so for good and for bad, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for the for the oh, feedback. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's really it warms uh, a salesman's heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and I think that's important. You gotta you gotta you gotta touch on the things that mean something, and that means uh, you know, giving that feedback. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my mother's fault, though. She's the one that raised yeah. me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to blame our mothers. Let's blame our mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you, mom, for teaching yeah. me how to appreciate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Daniel, this has been a fantastic, I'm looking at my clock on my mixer here. It's been one hour and 39 minutes of yeah, good conversation. Yeah, it absolutely has. It's uh, again. I love the format. I love uh, the conversations. So, Thank you. Uh, that was this was nice. This is my first podcast, and uh, oh, really? And uh, I'm uh, excited to hear to listen to it uh, afterwards when you when you publish it. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's, I think uh, uh, it's, it's an experience. I, I think it's an experience because I get to hear myself now. I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it it, 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 it kind of stimulates to introspection. It stimulates to some inner thought. Okay. Did I say, did I really say that? Why did I say that? Did I yeah. really mean what I, yeah, it, it's a, not that I go back and listen to my episodes. I really don't do that, but I can see the benefit in, in going back and listening to a conversation like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we get uh, if we get five, it's out there now. It's 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 out there and it will stay out there. So I can always go back and listen to it in a year or two or three and just think, you know, yeah, the hell was I at that point? (laughs) Well, it's a it is a documentation of where you are here and now, absolutely, and it will it will stay out there forever. Now, if we can, if I can just get like maybe two and a half million Norwegians to listen to it, uh, yeah, (laughs) I think that would be a benefit for both of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's uh, it's not. It's nice to have ambitious goals, uh, John. It's uh, it is. so half of the Norwegian population should, within how many months, be listening to your podcasts? Let's give them three months. Let's give yeah, them three, three months. months. Yeah, <laughs> it'll take that. Not, it'll take that long to spread the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just love your ambition here. Hey, you know what? I I, I was joking with my wife today. Now, now I am a I am a listener of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. I listen to him. I listen to Bill Burr as well, yeah. and I like what Joe Rogan is doing in that it's a non format. You know, he'll have one day he'll have a scientist on one the yeah. next day he'll have some crazy stand up comic on, yeah, and yeah. they're just talking. They're just chilling out. He had some guy, some, uh, he's a Russian immigrant to America. I cannot remember the guy's name, but he's like some crazy kind of scientist at uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And they spoke so little about those intellectual things. Mostly it was just regular conversation about day-to-day things. And it's fascinating. So, um, if I can be Norway's answer to Joe Rogan, as far as listeners, uh, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, cheering for you, and uh, I'll you. be proud to say that I was one of the one of the first ones. Hey, well, I'm very glad to have you on, and you're welcome back anytime, Daniel. Anytime. Yeah, sorry, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it would uh, be 
absolutely nice to, to, to do it again once we have collected a little more life experience and uh, yeah. and uh, we got something to build on now, right? Absolutely. Uh, real quick, as we end, uh, where can people find information about what you're doing at Eliko Nor- Norway? Um, well, it's uh, actually just uh, go to elico.com. That's that's uh, that's the start for okay. everything. Yep. And uh, and uh, as I said, you know, we can help with everything. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse to, to be named Elico because some people will automatically think that we just sell the bars and the discs, and they yeah. don't really get to know that we can provide all kinds of other things, uh, of, yeah. uh, of products to to the gym floor or to the to the to the yeah. Uh, sports club or whatever. So um, well, let's so just, promote. Uh, let's promote the heck there and uh, yeah. and uh, and of course uh, the all contact info is there, so they can just go in there and uh, and send me and shoot me an email or give me a call. I, I really like the conversation. So uh, yeah, the, yeah, a call is the best, I think. Yeah, and that's Alico E L E I K O dot com Alico dot com. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, let's just promote the heck out of this podcast and you'll get more people to know what uh, Alico is all about. So much more, so much more than a training product company. You guys yeah. have a variety of things. And at the top is Mr. Daniel Eriksson with these great uh, insights about life in general. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Right. Well, thanks for the promotion, uh, John. I really appreciate it. And, uh, My pleasure. Once again. Thanks for inviting me and uh, looking forward to listening to this with biting my nails. Um, (laughs) No, you did good, man. You did good. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you, John. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, you will do. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. That's uh, Daniel Eriksson from Eliko, Norway. That's E-L-E-I-K-O.com if you want to check them out and what they do. Uh, great conversation, I think. It's just, to me, it's fascinating that you would think that this guy only knows some things about his products, his training prog- uh, products, you know, powerlifting equipment and whatnot. And here we find out that they are so much more than that, and he is so much more than that. Daniel Eriksson, fantastic. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. You can check me out at johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com, johnallenpod.com. Go there. Send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Let me know if you want to be a guest on the John on the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Okay, J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D dot com. This has been yet another episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Bye now. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Yes, I am. Lord, I'm coming home